The Mishnah is in the middle of listing 13 different laws that apply to a nevela of a kosher bird. A nevela is a dead animal or bird that wasn't slaughtered in a, at least it wasn't slaughtered in a valid way. And there are really two different concerns over here with regards to it being a source of impurity. One is the fact that although it's forbidden to eat it, a non-Jew can eat it and therefore it can still be considered an item of food. So all of the laws that apply to Tumas Eichlin, Tuma of foods would apply to this as well. And the second concern is the fact that the Torah says that if one eats it, he becomes Tomei. Now the law is that if there is an item that can be Tomei, and attached to that item is something else that cannot become Tomei. However, it is used as either a handle, it can be used to help you hold on to the other part of the item, then it's known as a Yad, or if it is a protector of the other item. For example, if there is a fruit, and the peel of the fruit, the peel of the fruit essentially protects the main fruit, even though the peel in and of itself is not really something that can become tome, since it protects the food item that can become tome, so it would be able to become tome together with the rest of the food, or together with the rest of the item, whatever the case may be. In the case of a dead animal, it's more relevant to talk about a bone, which is a yad. It's considered to be like a handle for the meat because you're able to hold onto the bone whilst eating the meat. The law is that if a source of impurity touches even the bone or the peel of the fruit, even if it only touches that, it's considered to be an extension of the meat or of the fruit, and therefore the entire fruit or meat would also become tomei. And likewise, other way around, if the fruit or the meat is tomei, so it can be a source of impurity for other food items, if the other food item touches, even if it only just touches the peel or the bone, it will become tomei as if it touched the main fruit or meat. There is one difference between a yad, which is a handle like the bone, and a shomer, which is something that protects the rest of the item, for example, the peel of the fruit, and that is that a shomer can even combine to make up the minimum size that is needed for it to be tomei, whereas a yad is only considered to be an extension, but it wouldn't make up the minimum size necessary. Says the Mishnah, Hakanofayim v'hanoitzah, the larger and the smaller feathers that are attached to the bird, Mitamois, they would become Tomei together with the bird itself. This is referring to a case where the novella itself is not yet Tomei. So for example, if it's not yet, and it's not a novella at all, it was slaughtered properly, and then a source of impurity, something else touched only the feathers. The feathers are considered to be a yad, an extension of the bird, literally a handle, you're able to hold on to the bird via the feathers. And therefore, even if the source of impurity only touches them, the entire bird will become Tomei. And the feathers would also make something else impure if the bird is a novella, so the bird itself is the source of impurity, because it is a food item. So if other food touches even just the feathers, then the other food will become Tomei as if it touched the novella, the bird itself. However, the feathers would not combine to make out the minimum size needed in either of these cases because it is only considered to be a yad, a handle, it's not a protection. Rabbi Yishmol, and Rabbi Yishmol says, Hanoitza, the smaller, softer feathers, mitzarefes, they do combine to make out the minimum size needed, because according to Rabbi Yishmol, these are not just a yad, but they are actually a shomer. They do protect the meat, and therefore they would combine to make out the minimum size. Ha-chartoim vatsipranayim, the beak and the claws of the bird, we're talking about the soft part of the beak and the claws. 
that are somewhat edible, mitamin or mitamin, they can become tome, meaning if we're talking about a bird that was slaughtered properly, so it's not yet impure, and a source of impurity touches just the beak or the claws, so the entire thing will become tome or mutamim. And it also considered to be an extension of the bird with regards to transferring the tumor from the bird onwards to other items, if the bird is a novella. And these are actually considered to be a shomer, not just a yad, not just a handle, but they protect the animal, and therefore it's thorough, and they would combine to make out the minimum size. Rabbi says... Afroshe agapayim, even the ends of the wings, Varosh Hazonov, and the tip of the tail, Mitzthorfin, they would combine to make up the minimum size. Shekem anichin baptumais, because birds that have been fattened up, when they are eaten, they would leave these parts of the wing and the tail on the rest of the bird, and they would eat that together with the rest of the bird. So Kuntribyasi, even without getting on to the fact that it's a yad or a shomer, it is sometimes even eaten with the rest of the bird. So it's considered to be like the bird itself. And even on birds that have not been fattened up, and therefore in general they would not be eaten, these parts of the bird, since on birds that are fattened up they are eaten, they are considered to always be a part of the actual bird, and they would combine and be a source of impurity just like the rest of the bird. Mr. Gimel, Nivlas Ifatome, the mission now talks about a novella of a bird that is not kosher. And the difference that this makes is that the entire impurity of a novella when one eats it, that applies to a bird from a kosher species, that does not apply to a bird not from a kosher species. And therefore the only way that this can be a source of impurity is just like any Tumas Eichlin, any food that transfers its impurity onwards, and the Mishnah is now going to compare the laws of this bird to the laws that were discussed in the first two Mishnahs. Firstly, Tzricha Machshava, in order for it to have the laws of Tumas Eichlem, of Tumas food items, the owner must have the intention that it be used as food, that will sell it or give it to a non-Jew for him to eat it. So in that way, it is the same as a novella of a kosher species, because either way, it's forbidden to eat it. So only if you have the intention to give it to a non-Jew to eat, is it considered to be a food item. However, now comes the difference. The hechsher over here it does require hechsher le which means it needs to become wet in order for it to be fit to become impure. Just like any food item needs to become wet in order for it to have the ability to become impure. And a veil of a kosher species is different because it ha- it's also considered to be an intrinsic source of impurity. But this novella is considered to be like any other food item. It would make other foods impure if it is at least the size of an egg, just like any tome food. And if somebody eats half a pras, which we're going to understand is roughly the size of two eggs, double the size of a kabetza, the law is that if somebody eats that amount of tome food, his body is considered to be tome midrabanon. However, this only is relevant with regards to the laws of truma. Truma is sanctified food of the Kohanim, and Midrabon on the person is considered to be Tome as far as the laws of truma are concerned. So if he touches truma, the truma will become impure. With regards to most other food items, this, is, this impurity is irrelevant. But again, this is just a regular law that applies to all Tommy food. The the law that if somebody eats a novella the size of an olive, that he becomes Tommy, that does not apply over here because it only applies to a novella of a kosher bird. The Oichla, one who eats this bird, he does not need to wait until that night after he goes to the mikvah in order to be fully purified, because since he is Tommy only Midura Bonon, in a case where he ate at least half a pras, half a loaf of bread, 
That's got to mention that's what half a pras means, half a loaf of bread. If somebody eats that, he becomes Tomei Midrabonon. So in order to be purified from that impurity, he needs to go to the mikveh. However, once he goes to the mikveh, he's considered to be fully purified. And the regular requirement to wait until nightfall for him to be fully, fully purified, that does not apply to this impurity, which is only a stringency Midrabonon. Likewise, if he became Tomei, if the person became Tomei from the food item, again, according to the Torah, it's impossible for a person to ever become Tomei from a food item. Because food can only ever be a Rishon Latumah, which is one level lower than an Avatumah, and a person only becomes Tomei from a level of an Avatumah. So according to the strict letter of the law of the Torah, it's impossible for a person to ever become Tomei from a food item. So it's only ever going to be Midrabonon, and therefore there are certain leniencies that apply. If somebody becomes Tomei by eating a half a loaf of this food, and then he enters into the Beis HaMikdash, he is not liable to the punishments that apply to such a case, because that's only if he was Tomei Midrabonon, if he was Tomei according to the Torah. I will surf in truma. However, we would burn truma based on this impurity. If the person who ate half a loaf of bread did go ahead and touch truma, then the truma is considered to be tomei midrabanon, and it would need to be burnt. One who eats a limb from this bird, which is not from a kosher species, if he eats a limb that was separated from it whilst it was still alive, he does not receive malchus, 40 lashes, and what the Mishnah means is that he has not violated the prohibition of eating a limb from an alive animal. That only applies to eating a limb from, an al- from a kosher animal. However, it could be that if he ate enough meat of the non-kosher bird, so he would receive malchus for committing that avera. He would receive lashes for eating non-kosher meat. The Mishnah is concerned with the malchus that are given for eating Achai, a limb from an alive animal, and with regards to that sin... The Mishnah is saying that, that does not apply to this non-kosher bird. Now, the next part of the Mishnah also talks about Avram and Achai, and the truth is, it's even forbidden for a non-Jew to eat Avram and Achai. To eat an, a limb from an alive animal is one of the seven mitzvahs, the seven commandments that apply even to a non-Jew. However, there is one fundamental difference between the prohibition for a Jew to eat Avram and Achai, a limb that was separated from the animal whilst it was still alive, and the non-Jews prohibition, because with regards to a Jew, there is a concept of shechita, slaughtering an animal, and that permits the animal to be eaten. And halakhically speaking, once an animal is slaughtered, once the knife has cut the animal in the place that it needs to be cut, halakhically speaking, we consider that animal to be dead. And even if the animal is still jumping about and moving and jutting around, halakhically speaking, it is considered to be dead, such that if a limb was separated from the animal at that stage, it is not considered to be an Avram in Achai, a limb that was separated from the animal whilst it was still alive. On the other hand, non-Jews that don't have the concept of shechita, of slaughtering the animal in order to permit it to be eaten, with regards to them, an animal is only considered to be dead once the animal stops moving totally. That having been said, a kosher animal that receives a proper slaughtering, since for the Jewish people that is relevant, and a proper act of slaughtering was done, it would actually become permitted even for a non-Jew. So the differentiation that we just made is only really relevant with regards to a non-kosher animal that was slaughtered. The slaughtering of a non-kosher animal is not really considered to be shechita. Shechita refers to the act of slaughtering in the way that it needs to be done in order to permit the meat of the animal to be eaten. So it's pretty much relevant when we're talking about non-kosher animals. 
And because of that, even if the non-kosher animal is slaughtered in the way that a kosher animal needs to be slaughtered, it is not considered to be a halachic act of shechita. Therefore, only once the animal stops moving totally will the prohibition of Avram Achai stop to exist, even with regards to Jews, because it's not considered to be an act of slaughtering, and therefore even a Jew would need to wait until the animal is totally dead. Everything we just explained is what the Mishnah means to say in the next three words, The slaughtering of this animal does not, literally it means, does not purify it, but sometimes, and in this case as well, the word metaharta also means to make it permitted. The Mishnah is saying that the slaughtering of the animal does not permit the prohibition of Avram and Achai. The larger feathers and the smaller, softer feathers can become tome and make other things tome together with the rest of the actual bird. And interestingly, although in with regards to a kosher bird, the feathers are considered to be a yad, or at least the large feathers, according to everybody, are considered to be a yad. Over here, everybody agrees that the feathers, both types of feathers, are actually considered to be a shomer, something that protects the bird itself. Because since non-kosher birds are eaten less than kosher birds, the feathers would usually be left on the bird in order to protect it and maintain it for a longer amount of time. And because of that, on its thoroughfares, they would even combine to make out the minimum size that is needed for the bird to become tome or to make other things tome, because that is the law with regards to any shomer. Hachartoim vatsipornayim, the beak and the claws of the animal, mitamin ubitamin umitstarfen, become tome and make other things tome together with the rest of the bird, and would combine with the rest of the bird, because these are considered to be a shomer, they protect the rest of the bird, and in this case, there is no difference between the novella of a kosher bird and the novella of a non-kosher bird. These parts of the animal are always considered to be a shomer. And with regards to a regular animal that is not a bird, the hide of the animal, and the congealed sauce, which is eaten together with the meat when it is eaten, and the spices that are eaten together with the meat, and the shreds of meat that are left attached to the hide of the animal, and the birds that contain edible marrow inside of them, the hagidim, and the sinews of the animal that are never eaten by themselves, but are sometimes eaten together with the rest of the meat, the hakarnayim, and the soft parts of the horns of the animal, the tlofayim, and the soft parts of the hooves, all of these items, by themselves, they are not sources of impurity. However, mitstarfin, they would combine letamit tumas to make other things tome in, according to the laws of tumas oichlin, impurity that applies to foods. Even the edible things that were mentioned are not eaten by themselves. They're only eaten together with the rest of the meat, but if they are together with the rest of the meat, then they would combine. In the case of the marrow, the bone, which is not edible, is considered to be a shomer for the marrow that is inside of the bone. It protects it, and therefore it would combine, so the bone itself would be a source of impurity, since it's an extension of the marrow. And the hide of the animal is also considered to be a shomer of the animal itself, and that's why it combines, and the other items which are somewhat edible, but are only eaten together with the rest of the meat, so if they are with the rest of the meat, then they would combine. But if they are by themselves, and they are not eaten by themselves, so then they would not be a source of impurity in that current state.
This having been said, these items do not combine with the rest of the meat in order to make up the minimum size for the nevela impurity to apply. Here we're talking about a regular animal, so a regular animal that isn't slaughtered properly is a source of impurity even for a person who touches or carries it, they all become Tomei. And with regards to that, these different parts of the animal do not combine. Because although they are possibly edible, they are not considered to be meat. And the impurity of a nevela being intrinsically impure only applies to the meat of the animal, but not to the other edible parts of the animal. Kayetsubai, there is a similar example, another case where something can become Tomei with the regular impurity of food, but not the impurity of nevelai. If somebody slaughters a bird, an animal from a non-kosher species, and he does it on behalf of a non-Jew, and the animal is still jutting about, it's still moving, even though the act of slaughtering has already been performed. As soon as the act of slaughtering has been performed by a Jew, the animal is now considered to be food. The very act of slaughtering with the intention that the non-Jew eat it turns the animal into something that is considered to be food. So in Tam Tumas Eichlin, it would make other things impure according to the laws of Tumas Eichlin. Aval like Tumas Nevelais, but it would not be, it would not have the impurity of a Nevela. If somebody touches it at this point, he will not become Tomei. Adche Tomus, until the animal fully dies and stops moving. Adche Yatis Esresha, or if he chops the head off entirely. Only then is the animal considered to be 100% dead, and at that point, the Tumas Nevelos kicks in. But very interestingly, even before that, the fact that a Jew performed an act of slaughtering already defines it as a item of food. If a non-Jew slaughtered it, then that would not apply, because a non-Jew's act of slaughtering is totally irrelevant. Over here, interestingly, even though the slaughtering is not relevant because it's a non-kosher animal, the fact that the Jew did an act that generally makes an item fit to be eaten... And over here he does that with the intention that the non-Jew will eat the food, will eat the meat. That is enough to define the meat as already being a food item, even though it is still forbidden to be eaten, even by the non-Jew. Because it's not yet dead. Mishnah Hay, the minimum size that a food item needs to be in order to transfer its impurity onwards to other items of food is the size of a kibetz or the size of an egg. Food that became Tomei from an Av Hatumar, from a source of impurity, which means that the food itself is on the level of a Rishayna Tumar, one level below an Av Hatumar, Vishanitma Tumar, and there's another food item that became Tomei from a Rishayna Tumar. Vlada Tumar literally means a child impurity. It refers to a Rishayna Tumar, something that became Tomei from the Av Hatumar, which is the father impurity. So we have two foods in front of us, one of them is on the level of a Rishin Latumar, one level below an Avatumar, and the second piece of meat is on the level of a Shemi Latumar, which is a even lower level than that. Mitzdarf and Zemzeh, they can combine with each other to make up the minimum size, but then Latami Kakal Shabishnehem, they will be a, they will make other things impure according to the lower level out of the two foods. A Rishin Latumar is everything that a Shemi Latumar is, plus. So it can combine together and 
As the mission now illustrates with examples, Ketzad Hauso, If there is food that is half the size of an egg, and there's another food that is half the size of an egg, and the first food is Rishon Tumar, the second food is a Sheni Tumar, and they were mixed together. Sheni, it is all now considered to be a Sheni Tumar. Together they combine to make out the minimum amount, and they have the lower level of impurity out of the two. If there is half the size of an egg of food that is on the level of a shenil letumah, and half the size of an egg of food that is on the level of a shlishi letumah, third level down, shemalon zebozen, they were mixed together, shlishi, they would combine to make up the minimum size, and they would have the status of a shlishi letumah. What happens if kabitza oichel rishon, kabitza oichel sheni, shemalon zebozen? A food that in and of itself was the minimum size of an egg, and it was on the level of Rishon Tumar, and it combined with another food item that was also um, the minimum size, and that is on the level of a Shein Tumar. Rishon, the Mishnah says, in this case, it would all take on the higher level of impurity, because there is the minimum amount of the higher level, and that isn't nullified at all in the mixture, it's considered to be a significant amount, and therefore it would all gain that higher level of impurity. Chalokon, if then he split that food into two, we consider each piece to contain half-half. But now it's like a case of a mixture of half a kabetza of Rishon Tumar and half a kabetza of a Sheni Tumar. So in that case, it would only have the lower level, so Zesheni Zesheni, both pieces would be on the level of a Sheni Tumar. That being the case, Nofal Zeh La'atzmai V'zeh La'atzmai Al-Kikash Al-Trumar, if each piece by itself falls onto a loaf, which is trumar, trumar is sanctified food of the kohanim that can become tome even as a shalishi latumar. So if trumar touches something that is a sheni latumar, two levels down, it becomes tome, and it will be invalidated, it would need to be burnt. So the mission says if trumar comes into contact with either of these two pieces, pesaluhu, that would invalidate the trumar. And it would be on the level of a shlishi letumah, noflu shneim ke'echad, if both of the pieces fall together onto that same loaf, then asa'uhu sheni, the loaf would actually be on the level of a sheni letumah, because as soon as they fall together onto the loaf, they combine again, and they would have the status of a rishon letumah, which means that that which they touch at the same time would become a sheni letumah. The previous case was where they could even have touched the same loaf, but at different times, if that's the case. So whenever each one of them touched the loaf, they were only on the level of Shein Latumar, so the loaf would only become a Shlishi Latumar.